Welcome to the Unstoppable Yes You podcast, where we celebrate the achievements and resilience of Caribbean people to inspire the next generation. I'm your guest host, Patrice DeChabert, bringing to you a new series called Behind the Scenes. Today, I'm talking with Shahid Ansel Philip, who is a boom operator and my colleague on Tyler Perry's Young Dylan, which airs on Nickelodeon. Shahid is also a filmmaker with his company, Philip Abel Productions. We'll get into more of that. Welcome first, Shahid. Good evening, Patrice. How are you doing? Good, good, good. How are you? I am great. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for making time to join this show and you know bring to our Caribbean listeners your expertise in the industry. A lot of people don't know much about the sound department, so we want to learn more about what you do. But first, you are from one of my favorite islands, the birthplace of my father, (laughs) and you share the same name as him, Ansel. (laughs) So I had to mention that part. Tell us about your Trini heritage and how it's played a role in the person you are today. I was born in Brooklyn, New York, and then sent to Trinidad, where I grew up until about 11. And for me, growing up in the West Indies was an experience. You know, you get to see life a lot different. You know, you get to know where your food come from, grow in uh, your own gardens, the people, the atmosphere, the environment. I mean, it's, it's, it's something different. And, you know, my uncle actually instilled a a good ethic inside of me. You you um, grew up with your uncle in Trinidad. Tell us about about that and what that was like. Well, I grew up with my aunt and my uncle down in Trinidad, and for me, that was a quite unique experience. They helped me to get a better understanding of what the world was very quickly. As Caribbean people, we have a strong work work ethic and. Many times we have multiple jobs, and so is that some of uh, what they instilled in you? More or less, more or less. I, I, for me, I, I, I guess I didn't follow the traditional Trinidadian format. I, for one, had a lot of my own visions and what it is I wanted to do. And as you well know, growing up Caribbean, you're supposed to follow a certain kind of way is their way or it's no way. (laughs) I see. (laughs) Yeah. So for me, I, I walked my own path though. I'm happy I did. Mm -hmm. And then you grew up in Brooklyn, New York, which of course is a, is a great place to grow up and it makes you quite a strong person because New York is such a challenging um, place to live in an environment. And you took all of what you've, you know, learn as a kid in Trinidad and in Brooklyn and put that all together and you are the strong person you are today. And it takes a strong person to be a boom operator because I've seen you in action, Shaheed, which is <laughs> which is why you're on the show. And um, I want to ask you about that. So you work in the sound department um, and your role is a boom operator. And currently you're working on Tyler Perry's Young Dylan. It's a sitcom. And uh, for kids, but of course, appealing to adults as well. 
But in the sound department, you're holding the boom and you're making sure that the right sound is picked up and sent to where it needs to be so that we can have the best audio possible. So tell us what that role entails and what you do every day. Well, surprisingly enough, most people don't realize that as a sound operator or a boom operator, it that's the only way you're going to hear the actual audio that you that goes along with the visuals. For most people, they don't really get to connect. And that is, I was one of those people as well, even though I made my own productions, I would simply just utilize the microphone and the camera. So there was a rather big disconnect there for me. So once I got into actual sound and hearing it, and I mean, quite literally, for the first time when you actually when you're looking at a performance and you're actually hearing the performance and you're moving around with it for the first part, also, it is a very physical job. You you know, you have to have a lot of, I believe upper shoulder and uh, back strength as well. And some takes can be really long or it can be a really physical, a physical act and you have to move around with the actual character For instance, uh, the show Young Dylan, those kids, they're moving around, they're they're prancing around, they're they're playing, they may be rolling or doing a little bit. So, you know, to move that microphone around on a long, about a 20-foot pole and moving it around, it is not as simple as one would believe. But it's rather rewarding when you see your finished work just recently, I uh, saw some of my work on a uh, on an advertisement, and just to listen to the gentleman speaking and watching it on television, it was a national ad, and just to watch it and knowing that I did that whole interview and to hear how crisp and clean it sounded. It, it 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 was rather it's it's rewarding it's very very rewarding mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for sure yeah because there's so much that goes into it and then um so in some productions people may use like uh, a lapel mic right it depends on the type of show that it is so why why do we use a boom instead of a different mic scenario so traditionally Lobs are backups. Lobs are more for possibly a sit-down news interview or a different type of sit-down interview. And even when I do sit-down interviews, I still like to put the lob underneath the clothes or hide it somewhere in the collar of a shirt or in a tie or in you know somewhere in the blouse. For me... A lav is just, it's the backup. You know, a lav can be anywhere from three to four or $500. A good boom mic is anywhere from 2500 to $5,000. So there's a big difference in the sound, the rich sound that you're going to get from a boom mic as opposed to what you would get from a lav. And, you know, as I was saying earlier, the sound is a, you can have the most beautiful images, but 
if you have horrible sound, your whole production is now ruined and you have to go and do something called AVR, which involves you going to a studio to now bring the actors back to look at a screen to give a performance. And a lot of the times it's, it's, it's it doesn't really sound good. And now you're costing the production. I mean, thousands of dollars and delaying the actual process. So the blending of sound and images, it, it is, is so important and so crucial, especially if you are going to get yourself into any type of filmmaking or any type of uh, anything that involves audio. For instance, even this interview I'm doing right now, you know, the the crucial nature of it being quiet and you know having the best the best uh quality is a is a it's a great thing even after the interview i would suggest something like we do a quick room tone so we can just get the ambiance of the room a room tone is is something that once you have the ambience of the room any back noises or any hums or anything in or on the actual audio track editor of the track will be able to pull those sounds out by that's a whole nother process i digress yes by using room tone you can replicate the correct audio for your edits so yeah yes. that makes sense to me yeah yes so how long have you worked in the sound department and how'd you get your start i would say i've been working in sound all my life from you know for television i believe it's been about close to seven years now but in the in sound it's just been all of my life. I'm a person that I like to go to nice uh, Calypso parties. I used to DJ. We used to build up sound systems and play. So I've always had an understanding of sound and how things go together. And industry-wise, I've been doing it for about seven years now. And I'm fully invested you know, having all my own gear and um, ways to provide myself. It's not a simple business. It's definitely a business where you have to have attention to detail and you have to be very dedicated to it because, and you have to also have the courage to say when you messed up, when you might not have been recording. And even knowing that it, this might've been some of the the actor's best performances, but you might not have hit record on your recording device. And that is a, a tough thing to do in, especially this industry. The last thing you want to do is cost somebody money. I mean, on some shows I've worked on, it is $4 and seven cents a second, 200 and about conservatively saying $270 a minute and, you know, anywhere from $16,000 an hour, you know, and these are the realities of all of these uh, things that work together within this industry. So you could imagine with those type of numbers, I just said, messing up and not pushing record and having to do another scene over after you had a wardrobe change and, you know, the actors have changed their look and now you have to go back and film something. It is very crucial that you catch this sound the first time around. 
That's right. That's right. Yep. And you're one of the best. So yeah, thanks. <laughs> I appreciate that a lot. For sure. And and you know, you didn't say it earlier, but I know that um part of your um you know, your charm as a Trini is very welcome, you know, <laughs> on set and uh, around campus because, you know, you always have a very good spirit and, um, you know, you always share your, your foods and different things, that you, you know, with us. And so we we love that about you um, on campus, Shahid. Give Just, thanks. Give thanks. I appreciate that. A good spirit, right, is also necessary for, um, you know, working with people. So tell us. Um, about some of the other productions you've worked on, because we we know each other at TPS, but tell us, you know, prior to TPS, what were you doing? Prior to that, I did a lot of, as I said, I own my own equipment. So I would do a lot of commercial work. I would also do a lot of things that they call sizzle reels. And a sizzle reel is when they're developing or producing an idea for a show and they put together a package for the producers or for people to shop around so they can get the show itself produced. So I found a very nice niche in that market and also the news pools, excuse me, also the news pools and also sports events. So if you can imagine, I would I would have a I would have a whole um, a whole device on the sound devices, maybe one love, my boom mic, and this bag would be connected to me, and I am running wirelessly with a camera, and we go around and we do interviews and record people's reactions because I don't really care to be tied down to something, so this was another way that I, I understood sound. There are many different ways. You don't always have to be necessarily on a movie set or you don't necessarily have to even do anything related to movies at all. Just by owning your own sound gear and having an understanding of what it is, I've done everything from corporate events to you know, loving hip hop to growing up hip hop. I've done a lot of the reality shows, which is a lot of quote unquote run and gun. For those not familiar, it's literally as it sounds. You're running, you're shooting, you have your boom pole, you have your gear strapped to you. It's very high energy. It's very intense. And, you know, you see it on most of the shows, the reality shows you watch these days. So you said it. You said it's very high energy. So tell us about that again. So you're saying that, um, so because the characters aren't in one location in one set as they are in an episodic um, television show, reality show, they're moving about a lot more around the house, around the place, wherever they are. So you have to run and keep up with them, huh? Yes, this is a real reality. You have to be ready for everything because most of the time in reality shows, nothing is really scripted. It's raw life. It's just happening. And granted, there are some producers there who spice it up a little bit. Though, in the same breath, these are actual people and this is life happening. And, you know, some people are savory, some people are unsavory. And, you know, it, it it's about being there at the right time, ready to grab that sound. So if you can imagine running around with a boom pole, you have to have great situational awareness. 
you know, in this industry also, I just believe that once you can leave your ego at the door and you can walk around and not take yourself so serious, you start to do really well. The moment you start to be annoying or the moment you start to be disrespectful or feel you're better than people or you're uh, rather pretentious, that's the minute you'll start to notice opportunities will disappear from you. You, you, you know, you can't go around this thing and playing your big and bad. You'll get shut down very, very, very quickly. You will not be invited back, as they say. And that's when the real accent came out, you understand? <laughs> oh, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> While we were at uh, Telephone Studios, we had an event where we played uh, movie trailers from some of the um, crew and, and, and some of the cast as well. And we played one of the early trailers for one of your films under your production company and in partnership with another production company. And it was, um, the name of the, the movie is Dog Face. Uh-huh. I was like, <laughs> what? When I saw it. So, I mean, this is an, a podcast, so we can play it, but we, you can tell us where to find it and tell us about the movie. Well, you can check out the new trailer for Dog Face and the old trailer on YouTube underneath Spike Fee. He is one of my business partners. We started off with a vision to get together with some of our other colleagues and produce a short 20-minute film. And fortunately for us, it got picked up and we got some distribution. I've always believed something like how the the Wayans, the Wayans actually said it best. And I guess I took it wholeheartedly and I I... I I truly believe in that. And they said, if you are not getting the parts you want or you're not getting the, 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 the roles or the scripts that you want to do, you make it yourself. You know, there's other great uh, performers as well, like uh, Robert Townsend, Mr. Perry himself, Tyler Perry. You know, I'll even throw Spike Lee in there. But... It's the inspiring thing for me is that here are three young men and we got together and we we put our money where our mouth is and we started off with something for 20 minutes and it turned into an hour and 15 minute feature. Now, Dogface is a in the horror genre. It is is a new it you really just have to check it out it is it is it is i don't think i could do it enough justice by describing it you know it it is it's if you're into horror movies you don't have to be you don't have to be into horror movies if you're into dramas and a good story it's not too gory but it's a, it's it's a beautiful thing cuz there's a lot of people that I know personally, and we are all in different parts of the industry, and we got together, and we put this thing together, and it is beautiful, it is professionally done, and it shows what, it just gives a very good look for us as people. And for me, we got together, 
It was COVID times. We ran a clean set. We had masks. We did all the right things. No one got sick. And that is something. We shot the movie in three and a half days, but that's a whole nother story. What locations? Where were you? Around Atlanta, correct? Yes, we did it all in Atlanta. Um, We rented out a few locations, some houses, and did some drone shots, steady cam work, of course, excellent sound work. And it was all written, was written by uh, another another gentleman. And we we put it all together, you know, that young Felix. Felix, <laughs> yes. Yes. But, but tell us, so your role in this production, you were one of the producers, you worked sound. I also know that you were acting because I was shocked and surprised to see you make your appearance on the screen, but like <laughs> because I'm like, yeah, you should be doing that. So tell us about the roles you carried um, on Dogface and uh, what it was like being in front of the camera. Well, it's not my first time in front of the camera. I've, I've done some acting before. I do stunts as well, which is very cool. Uh, stunt work is, is, is rather exciting. It's, Dangerous as well, and you can get hurt. But, you know, I've, I've done, even recently, somebody was just telling me, I was on, uh, I believe it's Tyler Perry's The Oval, and they were, I start telling you it as you. I've been on Having to Have Nots doing stunts. But my role in Dogface was, this is a little different now where, you know, I get to show a lot more of my range and I'm not just, you know, a thug from the street or, you know, or, you know, some type of, I get to do some, some nice vocal acting and this story is very strong. There are going to be a lot of issues addressed in it. Although it's a horror, you're going to laugh. You're going to really say, well, well, I could really relate to that. You know, I, I have a little, you know, issues with my father or, you know, um, or, you know, I have trust issues with people. And there are a lot of little small nuances that we address within the movie because we believe every, every film that we put out has to have some forms of message and an awareness to wake up people. And, and like I said, it's still not taking itself so serious so you can have a good time watching it. You can laugh at something, you know, it's definitely for the adults, but the teenagers can watch it as well. There's nothing, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a good all around movie for everybody to watch. And for me being involved with it and getting it off the ground and getting it to the point of distribution. Um, if I'm invited back to the podcast, cause I don't know if I'll get invited back. But in the same, <laughs> well, yes, yeah, so you're saying yes, you're gonna be back for the follow up for sure. Yes, so, wait, thanks. Did, you, did you run sound on this one as well? I know you. Uh, I had to jump you- in on the first twenty minute short. I had to jump in because my sound operator had an emergency and he had to go. So, toward the end of the production, I had to jump in and do sound, which I didn't mind anyway because, as you very well know as well. When so you want to be a producer, eh? Well, guess what? You have to put on this hat. You have to put on that hat. And oh, yeah, you're also a baker. You're also a cooker. You're doing this. So, you know, just simply put, we wear a lot of hats. And 
you know, once that happened, I had to act in my own scene, wire myself up, show one of my other good friends who's a grip, I had to show him what I needed done and give him a such a quick tutorial. And luckily it wasn't a scene with a whole bunch of movement. So we were able to get it really good. And, you know, so it was in that case, it was actually nice to have a wire to back myself up. But me, I was definitely more in the executive producer role for this movie and um, acting as well. And you talk about wearing many hats. On one hat, I didn't have any idea that you wore until you said it just now, and I have to uh, put this in in our write-up, is that you're not just a sound guy, uh, producer of Dogface, filmmaker, but also stunt guy. Hey, (laughs) (laughs) wait a minute. I did not know you did stunts in the Oval and the Have and Have Not. So how did that come about? Um, that the stunt coordinator we had previously, he he was, he was a great, great coordinator. And he just, one day he looked at me and I would always say, hey man, you need to throw me in there. You need to throw me in there. And out of the blue one day, and it figures I would be kind of injured when he asked me, but he said, you know, Shahid, I want to give you a shot. You'll make some good money but I need you to jump a 10-foot fence. You'll have to do it the first time around or you won't be doing anything with me again. I laughed. I laughed. I laughed. And I'm like, it figures. It figures I would be injured right now. But I looked him right in his eye. I said, no problem. I got you. I'm going to do it the first time around. Not only did I nail it because everybody was supposed to have on, um, you know, mass hide in the face and thing. Tyler himself said to me, he said, no, 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 I don't want, I want him with his hair out. And so I had my hair out and everything. It looked, it looked pretty cool. When you say that people don't know that you have a full head of locks. <laughs> <laughs> I usually always have them covered up. And so I had a good look for that particular opportunity. And, you know, once they said action, I went into having the, the really bad boy look on my face and I'm watching this this woman um I believe it's a uh, Veronica was the character and I'm watching her staring her down and then you know the leader of the gang basically kind of says to leave and we all kind of disperse and here it was here's my time to jump this fence and without running or nothing just one like uh what it would a single bound <laughs> I get up over there, Fritz. And now we had to do it like two more times because, of course, the director liked it and he wanted us to do it again and he wanted to catch it from another angle. And, you know, from then on, I got to, I got a few more opportunities, you know, from stuff like having squibs put on you and, you know, they explode in the squibs, uh, simulating that, you know, you might have got shot to, you know, fight scenes. It's it's a it's a beautiful thing, and the pay is not half bad as well. <laughs> hey, so uh, come on, keep those stunt those stunt roles coming, right? Yes. Oh, yes. I, I I love it. I love it. What would you? What kind of advice would you give to someone looking to enter into entertainment, whether it's in the sound department as a filmmaker or in stunts? What sort of advice would you give? 
I would really have to say the advice I would give to break into this industry is leave your ego at the door. Be very kind to PAs because you never know who they are, where they're going. Everyone has a goal and a vision. Everybody has a way to make it. For me, my way in, it was always helping people. And I got to learn a lot. Always be willing to learn. The minute you think you know it all, that's the minute you lost. And this industry is forgiving, though it's not. You could be in one minute and the very next day you will find yourself not being invited to anything. So my true advice is you really have to have a backbone, but you also have to know how to be kind. And you have to know how to control your money because one minute you're making good money, next minute you're finished. And that's how a lot of young fellas and, and ladies does end up burning out in this industry because they think the money going to come forever and that's all they're going to do. And then they're only working on one set or one type of thing. They ain't trying to step out and test new grounds or do something for themselves. And they're only thinking, well, this is all I'm going to do. I'm only going to do this one thing. Nah, nah, nah. You can't make it so. The only way you're going to make it is if you are willing to open up your mind and Dare to, as cliche as it's going to sound, dare to dream and dare to go for your goals and your ambitions. And even if people say you're too ambitious, you just kindly thank them and keep on pushing. Because if you have a strong belief, that's how you're going to make it here. I am not, I don't have any intentions of going to the director's guild or, you know, DGA school or none of these things. I just, I have a certain vision. I'm a storyteller. I have an understanding on how to do these productions and I'm, I'm going to keep on pushing. So for me, I, I just have a don't give up, don't quit attitude. And that's honestly been part of my success. Amen. Yes. And I think that that attitude applies to, many facets of life and many industries for yes. sure. And I want to thank you for your expertise, your knowledge, and, and licking us with some Trini accent every once in a while. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> to our listeners, I hope you were able to gain valuable insight to help you get your start in the entertainment industry. To receive new episodes of this series directly in your inbox, subscribe to our mailing list by visiting our website at www.unstoppablebsu.com. You can also subscribe via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Red Circle, or Google Podcasts. Thank you for listening.